Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I'm your host, Andy Sitto. I'm a Denver-based singer-songwriter, performer, uh, producer, and composer. And my guest today is Sweet Virginia. She's a Loveland-based singer-songwriter and performer. It's good to chat with you all again. That's a weird thing to say because you can't respond to me, but I guess it's it's good to have a one converse, uh, one-sided conversation with you again. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it, as always. I recorded this episode on March 1st, and I'm doing the monologue right now. I've had, I have this habit of not doing the monologue until a few days before the episode comes out, and the reason for that is so that if there's something going on in the world or a new development with the person I'm interviewing, I can slip that in to the podcast relatively easily. However, um, it's so fresh on my mind right now. I do so many of these that it's nice to do this monologue while the whole conversation is fresh. And also it's releasing uh, in nine days. So if you're listening to this, it's at least March 10th. Um, but anyway, it's I'm trying a new thing, doing, doing the monologue a little sooner. And I think I like it. It's all very fresh. I chatted with Sweet Virginia this week, who has a wonderful, wonderful debut record coming out on April 29th. Um, seven tracks. One of them is already out, Blue Skies. Um, and there's another song coming, and that's out on all streaming platforms right now. Hallelujah Michael is the second single, which will come out on March 18th. Um, there might be another single again in, in mid-April, but... Um, at the very least, the record will be out at the end of April. And uh, I, I really like it. It was produced by my buddy AJ Fullerton, who is on episode 40 of this podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that. And uh, he and I have collaborated on some stuff recently together. Um, and uh, so he plays on the record, produces it, and it's a great-sounding record. Um, Virginia's songs are are great. The lyrics are, are thorough. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about the record and I hope they press vinyl cause I, cause I'd like a copy. But anyway, Sweet Virginia, I grew up in Auburn, Alabama and decided to go to school at Auburn to be a music, uh, as a music education major. She decided she didn't want to be a teacher, just a rock star, just a performer. So she dropped out, ended up moving uh, to South Mexico for about a year and then came back and she'll tell you about that in the interview a little bit what she was doing down there uh, came back and then ended up in Colorado in 2007 and um, sort of started writing songs then consistently writing songs then and uh, when the pandemic happened she was having a conversation with AJ one day and they decided to make a record so they they recorded the songs in 2021 and uh, now all that hard work is about to pay off. I think that's it. I think we should just jump into it um, very quickly. If you'd like to support this podcast in a non-monetary way, you can give it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It just takes a second, and it's greatly appreciated. Um, if you'd like to support in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash andysiddo, S-Y-D-O-W, and uh, you can help me out for as little as $3 a month. Sometimes I put episodes up early. Sometimes I put out um, production videos for some of my tracks or I put out certain tracks early or tracks that I don't 
put out to the public, whatever, blog posts, there's, there's different things in there, but I, I appreciate your support greatly. Also, quick thanks to our sponsors. First, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast. And for any of your audio or restoration needs, go to www.pqmastering.com. Also, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratorrf.com. Let's do the show. Hey, hey. Hey. Thanks for thanks for joining me. And you're sitting outside getting some getting some sun. Is this is the like one of the first nice days we've had in Colorado. Uh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you're up in uh Loveland, is that right? Mm-hmm. Very good. How long have you the been left. the land of love. Say what? The, the land of love. How long have you been uh, in Colorado? Um, I moved here in March of two thousand seven. So 15 years, I guess. 15 years. And before that, you were, I know you were uh, born and raised in Auburn, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Auburn is where I was uh, born and raised, and I lived there all my life. Uh, I did take a brief break, and I lived in, like, southern Mexico for not very long, but for a little bit. Um, what did you go down there for? I was uh, working with orphanages when I was 21. That's cool. But so how did, how did yeah. you get into that? Um, I actually ended up doing this thing called YWAM. I grew up like in the church, Southern Baptist, like in choir and everything. And so I, um, I had been going to Mexico for take people down there to, to build, um, like houses and stuff and give, uh, he raises shoes. He try, well, he tries to collect shoes and he raises money for um, people right across the border in Mexico um, because that's like one of the most poverty stricken places. Uh, so, yeah. And then I've been going for a long time and we decided to go down there and worked with orphanages for a little bit. And it was, it was awesome. Nice, nice, nice. And were you playing music at that time or did that come later? Um, I actually, it's kind of a funny story. I started playing music. Um, I was a dancer first. Uh, I started dancing like just classical ballet and jazz from the time I was like two. And I did that all through, um, high school. And, but I wasn't really introduced to music until like fifth or sixth grade. I had a hippie music teacher, uh, named Miss Barber and she would, um, she was super cool. She would let us as a class choose whatever songs we wanted to play. Wow. They just, I mean, just couldn't have any like profanity or anything. Um, and, but then she would require that we learn the song on uh, guitar keys and percussion. That's um, cool. But it wasn't, it, yeah, it was super cool. It wasn't like intricate things. She was just teaching like basic, like single notes on the guitar. And then, um, she, I don't know if I asked her or she, she just started teaching me, but I started learning full chords on the guitar. Um, I actually think the first song that I learned all, all the chords to was uh, run around by blues traveler. <laughs> um, cause it's the same four chords over and over and over again. And yeah. the changes are pretty quick. 
Did she make you learn the harmonica part too on that one? <laughs> you know, that that came later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. And I, I just, she asked me if I had a guitar at home and I said no. She asked me if I liked what I was doing. I was like, yeah, I like this. She was like, maybe you should get a guitar for Christmas. So I asked my parents for a guitar for Christmas. And uh, one night or day before, um, it was, I don't know if it was a couple months before Christmas, my dad wanted me to get the cat out from under the bed before we left the house. And I go under my parents' bed and I saw a guitar case. And I was like, oh, that's for me. So every time my parents would leave the house, I would pull it out and play it. And then I would put it back and tell myself, I've got to be a really good actor. <laughs> Wait a minute. So your dad had you go get the cat from under the bed, but didn't remember that your present was under there. I, I thought that was going to be his yeah. ploy to surprise you with it. Oh no, it was before Christmas. No, he had no idea. I don't know if my mom had put it under there or what, but they, they forgot that it was under there and I saw it. So every time they left, I pulled it out and played it and then put it right back like it was under their bed. And they had no idea on Christmas that I had been playing the guitar for months. And uh, oh my gosh. I, didn't, I don't think I told my parents for like 15 years or something like that. And of course, when I did, my mom was like, Virginia, like, what? aren't you glad I loved it so much that I <laughs> Stole got it? to use it before you even gave it to me? Did you have any siblings? One brother, 10 years older than me. Okay. We're quite different. Okay. He's a, uh, he's a civil engineer and an introvert. And you're not a civil engineer or an introvert. Neither of those. Oh, well, I, I was going to say it, it would have been really funny if the guitar was actually for a sibling or something on Christmas Day and you didn't end up getting it. I, I mean, that would have been actually really sad, but I wanted... In my head, I was giving the story a crazy twist. Um, oh, I've already <laughs> given myself that twist many times. Like, what if it wasn't actually for me? Because I thought, like, this thing better be for me. I'm going to be pissed if it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so but funny. But yeah, from that, from that point, I just uh, started. I really just wanted to play guitar so I could sing. Um, and my dad had an old Roy Clark guitar book. And so I started learning how to play from there and were you singing a bunch too whether it be in bands or in church or anything growing up yeah i was i was singing in church quite a bit and then i mean i was like in choir and school and stuff but church is really like where i learned how to sing like i mean i i do um almost on every track of the song i do the harmonies too um it's just almost more like first nature <laughs> to me yeah. now but um yeah it was mainly church and then um, I was in like a little, I was in like in college, like little cover bands and stuff. And, um, I was usually though, I was like the one that was underage and typically the only girl in the band, but it was fun. But I don't think I wrote my first song until I was like a junior in college or something okay. like that. Where'd you go to school? Auburn University. Okay. To study music education. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Um, in studying music ed, I mean, did you, did you have to learn a little bit on all the instruments? I mean, were you having to play some clarinet and trumpet and all that stuff too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They require that you be proficient on piano, which I don't know if I would call myself proficient, but 
Um, and then, yeah, we had to learn all the families and the instruments. I actually, uh, I already played flute. I started, I started playing flute when I was in junior high. Um, so like woodwinds were somewhat familiar to me, but yeah, clarinet, saxophone, learning violin, percussion, brass were, instruments. I don't know really how to play any of them, but I sort of do. You got, you got through the, the exam anyway. Well, I actually dropped out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So you did. So you might yeah. not know how to play any of them. I don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I ended up dropping when I got into like the education classes. I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a rock star. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to play music. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And did you, after dropping out, did you then go for something else or get into a, a certain career for a little bit? I mean, I know you went and that's uh, when I was Mexico. in. That's when I was in Mexico. I went to Mexico after that. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, I never went back to school. I ended up well. Um, I moved out here um, with my now ex, but moved out here with him. We were rock climbers. Um, and that's the main reason we chose Colorado was to do rock climbing. And, uh, I had been more, I've done, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, and I was doing, I think I was doing landscaping when I moved out here and I just got to the point where I was sick of having jobs that I hated. So, um, I went to cosmetology school and got my cosmetology license and I've been doing hair and I now own a salon. I've uh, been doing that since uh, 2008. Where's the salon? It's in Old Town Fort Collins. It's in Old Town Fort Collins. And uh, yeah. so you've had that since 2008. Are you in there uh, five, six days a week, just a couple days? Yeah. It t- well, I typically work three days a week. I've been doing okay. it long enough. Like um, I, I've scaled back a little bit. And that's kind of been intentional because I've wanted to be able to devote more time to writing songs and playing music yeah yeah of course of yeah, course and it's definitely oh go ahead oh it definitely it's it's nice because i've found two things that i that i love and one can afford me the ability to do the other one so um i hope that you know one maybe one day they'll both <laughs> afford me the ability to do both well and i wonder how you can uh put the business model together to do both, right? Like maybe you go on the road and uh, you play your shows, but then also you can be the celebrity uh, hair cutter, right? You know, maybe some super fans <laughs> on Patreon, they can pay a certain amount and you'll cut their hair on tour. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I love these. I, I love that idea. Keep them coming. because <laughs> I'm always looking for ways to have, have like passive income. Yeah, I'll cut your hair. Yeah. Three hundred dollars, maybe. Three hundred dollars. That sounds fair. <laughs> and an autograph. Who's who's your, you know, who's like your favorite artist or biggest influence? And I know that that answer could be different tomorrow, but right now, who is it? And now I'm supposed to be prepared for these things. Oh, geez, that's really tough because it's. I have so many, I feel like I'm, I draw from so many different people. Um, I mean, if you were to ask me like what's playing on my streaming service right now, I'd, it's probably a combination of like, I don't 
don't know. Uh, Krungden. Do you listen to them? No. Krungden, no. Yeah. Krumden? Krungben, K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N, I think is how it's spelled. It's okay. a trio. They're all instrumental. Um, I mean, as far as like what I'm listening to is them. But I mean, I just, writing songs, like I love Ryan Adams. He's a really great songwriter. Um, Brandy yeah. Carlisle has been a big influence for me too. I love just Brand- like I she kind of she kind of does it all, you know. Um, she writes the twins, right? Um, she's her voice; it's like an angelic <laughs> voice, and uh, yeah, she's just kind of a powerhouse. But there's a yeah, there's a, so many. I mean, I can I can name so many different people. And she kicked ass but. on SNL too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I saw her in September with the Colorado Symphony. Um, oh my god! And made the staples. It's like a spiritual experience. <laughs> I bet that was. I bet that was incredible. Uh, yeah, her and the twins both are great, and her book is phenomenal. But the reason I asked is um, how much? How much would you pay? if Brandy Carlisle was going to cut your hair and let's pretend at after her show, it's a VIP experience. So you go to the show and then she cuts your hair and let's pretend she knows how to cut hair because <laughs> she probably does. I know. I know. I'm like, Oh, I'm pretty picky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 301. 301. 301. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, if, if she'd let me sing harmony with her on a song, Okay. I'd ask that to be thrown in. <laughs> We're making business plans for your future. I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. At least this will be documented so I can go back over what we talked about. <laughs> yes. So you started writing songs, uh, your junior year of high school. And I mean, was it a daily practice or just every once in a while write something? How did that all get started for you? Um. Well, I think it was like my first heartbreak, <laughs> as many people probably um, turned inward when stuff like that happens. So I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't know, I just wrote this song about this boy I dated in college, actually, and he, he broke my heart, so I wrote a song, and I did, that was that was like the only song for a long time. Um and I don't think I wrote another song until I moved out here in 07. And uh, I wrote a few, some about being from the South, but moving out, out West. And uh, I had a friend, a really close friend. He he uh, died of an overdose while I was out here. And so I wrote a song about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's usually like tragic experiences, you know, we're all kind of, jaded in our own in our own way and so sometimes i think as musicians we're gluttons for punishment you know so it's like man i haven't been creative in a while let me get into some really crappy relationships and see how that goes see what kind of creativity that drums up (laughs) yeah but yeah Yeah, absolutely here we go (laughs) here we are through the relationships and the move and all that here we are and you what at what point did you decide i need to record some of these songs um and then how long was it until you were actually um had a date booked um so 
uh, funny story. I mean, I've hated everything that's happened with um, 2020 and all that, you know, the pandemic, we call it. Um, but I, I mean, I'd always wanted to record these songs and I'd, I'd been kind of messing around and toying with the idea of like just recording kind of like a crappy demo or something just to, to at least have it documented and get it out there. So maybe I could start getting more gigs, but, um, yeah, as soon as everything shut down, um, AJ, uh, Fullerton, my producer, uh, he, reached out to me we knew each other sort of in the music community and uh he was supposed to be on tour but uh it was canceled and he asked me if there's anywhere that he could listen to some of my stuff and i was like nope <laughs> and so basically he was like do you want to make a record and so yeah i was like sure uh so i just sent him the some of the stuff that i had on my in my voice memos and my iphone and um he would listen to a bunch of them and and we got together a couple times, kind of hashed them out. And that was, what, May, June of 2020. And we we ended up having to postpone a few times, but we pieced together a band. And then we actually recorded in March of 2020, 2021. Yeah. Okay. And we did that down in Denver at uh, Mighty Fine Studios. Yeah, great studio. And it was yeah. recorded... Um, you did it all live, right? Over a couple of days, you had the band there and just did takes. Yeah, we actually, and so I'm, I'm so new to all of this. I didn't know like the weight or the gravity of what was happening. And, but, uh, we got seven songs tracked in one day with a full band and you know, AJ's like mind blown. I was like, Oh yeah, that's really, that's great. That's really good. He was like, no, Virginia, this is like saying it takes three months to build a house. We just built it in three days. And I was like, oh, okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it just, uh, it fell into place. And um, also, I don't know if many people know this, but I was in the middle of shingles when we recorded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know it. I thought I was just having um allergies like another like hives from being stressed out because i was nervous about recording and uh no i found out like like five days later that i had shingles so <laughs> think of how much better the album could have been <laughs> no i think it was it was meant to be that way you faced adversity and you got through it yeah yeah i'm mean, like how old am i i thought only old people got shingles but apparently it's unprecedented the rate of young people who are getting shingles. Well, I'm sorry you had shingles. Yeah. <laughs> but you got through it and everything's Terrible. okay now? Yep. Good. We're good. We're good. 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 <laughs> who all played on the record? Yeah. Well, so Lauren Dorlin, she was the engineer mm -hmm. and she mixed it. And then, so we had AJ on guitar and lead um, and a guy, uh, Alex... I'm blanking on his last name. I think it's Goldberg. Um, yeah. I just dropped one. Um, he on he on bass. Uh, Forrest Rop on drums, and then um, Eric Swanee on pedal steel, and then but later on we had um, Daniel Thompson come in and record um, keys. Cool. And I think that's it. And then yeah. 
AJ and Lauren did a couple of backing vocals on Hallelujah Michael. Um, but yeah, that's it. And they were all, oh, they were amazing musicians. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great crew. Um, Hallelujah Michael might, might be my favorite one. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I, I like, I don't, I don't even know what you call that jam at the end. It's almost, it almost is like a psychedelic thing at the end where it goes into the instrumental and it's, it's really cool, but love the lyric, love, love that song. Um, and that is your, that's your next single release. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one's coming out next. Um, I actually, that'll be coming out March 18th. Um, mm. but I actually wrote that about the town drunk in my parents' tiny town of Waverly, Alabama. Um, and I ran, I met him. I had heard a lot about him and there's one restaurant in the town. There's not even a traffic light in this town, but I um, had gone to have a drink at this bar and there, it's such a small space. And I walked in, I'm like, I've got a cousin who's bartending. And I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and I didn't know, but I sat two seats away from Michael and, uh, pretty much the descriptors that I use in the song are exactly what I examined. And uh, he lives at the end of my parents' street, doesn't have running water or electricity. And he walks to work every day and talks to himself and he's a character. Did you converse with him at all at the bar? I did. I did. Um, well, he started talking to me first. He, he, I, well, he starts saying something about like little baby, little baby. And I'm like, what is he talking about? I was like, and I looked, I was like, are you talking to me? And he was like, no, little baby's my cat. I mean, I don't know how much he had to drink at that point. It's like, oh, little baby's your cat. Okay. And then he just starts talking about some nonsense about his cat, little baby. And um, then, I mean, everyone there knew him, I guess, even the, the bartenders. And he kept slap, slapping like a, a $5 bill on the, bar asking for another drink and they're like no michael we said one and done man one and done next time um but we were actually walking there's a music venue actually that's the hat i'm wearing standard deluxe there it's a music venue in waverly mm -hmm. alabama and um we were going to see this guy andrew duhan play um and if you don't know him you should look him up uh, his last yeah. name is spelled d-u-h-o-n andrew duhan he's out of uh, louisiana okay. but he was playing there and uh the, it's the super cool venue. The indoor place is like this old house and it probably seats maybe 30 people and they've got murals everywhere. And it's just like this tiny, tiny venue. Like I think Alabama Shakes has played there. The Civil Wars have played there. Wow. Um, but so we go. And uh, sure enough, Michael eventually stumbles in there too. <laughs> it makes a little bit of a scene. But yeah, I just was like, this guy, is, he's noteworthy. So I had to make a write a song about him. Yeah. Was there anything? Um, I mean, what? You know, obviously he was he was intoxicated. But was there any part of him that you empathized with in any way, or um, anything like that? I mean, what were your what were your general feelings? He just kind of has this endearing way about him. I mean, the town itself is divided between like. It's kind of like older conservatives and then um, like younger artistic generation moving in. And then Michael's kind of in the middle. And he, um, my dad knows 
his brother and my dad, you know, we used to work with him and my dad would say stuff that like, you know, Michael, he's just, he's a really good guy when he's sober. He's just never sober. (laughs) Um, But he, I just, I think he has like the heart of an angel. I think he really does. Um, Yeah. There's just something like innocent in a way about him. So uh, my parents did tell him that I was writing a song that I wrote a song about him and then it was going to come out on an album and the first thing he said was reckon I ought to get some of that money. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. That's so maybe funny. I just need to buy him a bottle of whiskey instead. <laughs> yeah. I think next time you see him at the bar, uh, you put the $5 down for him or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll make a point of it. Yes. Yes. Sure. Um, well, so there, it's a full, um, a full seven track, what seven tracks in total, right? A full album coming out um, mm-hmm. on April 29th of this year. So, in about, I guess, about two months exactly, a little less. Um, and the first yeah. single has already come out Blue Skies out on February 18th. Um, how's that? I mean, this is the first time releasing a song on commercial platforms. How's that experience been for you, having a song out there for a few weeks? Um, well, it's been surreal. I actually, uh, I, I, it was, it was not safe and I do not recommend doing this yourself, but, um, one of my friends, Eric Lundy, he's a musician. He's like a brother to me. He, he was calling me and I didn't want to talk to him. So I declined it. And then he texted me. He's like, Hey sister, you're about to be on the radio right after Nathaniel Rateliff. And I, <laughs> I picked the phone up and called him and he was like, you need to listen. So, I mean, I just, I guess in my car is the only place I don't have a radio in my house, really. I mean, I guess you can look it up on your phone. So anyways, I got in my car and I started driving and uh, I took a video of me hearing myself on the radio for the first time because you only get that one time, you know, your first time. And it was, uh, it was crazy. It was very surreal. And um, it's been really exciting. uh, The feedback's been great. And uh, I just found out, I think it was this morning or, oh, no, it was last night. I think uh, on the Colorado playlist, Blue Skies is number three. Great. Yeah. The the Lumineers are at number one and Nathaniel's at number two. And I'm coming for them. (laughs) You're coming for them. Oh, my gosh. That's that's pretty uh, big company to be in. Yeah. Well, look out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, promotion-wise – what have you been doing with this first single to, to help push it out? I mean, it's really just been, uh, AJ acting as my publicist also has, um, he just sent a bunch of, of the CDs out to different radio stations. And then it's really just been like Instagram and Facebooking it, you know, talking about it. I mean, I talk to my clients sometimes. I do like to keep it separate. Sometimes I like people to not know that I play music when I'm doing hair. Uh, but it's starting to kind of bleed over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just been talking about it, really. I mean, I haven't like taken out a, an ad or anything yet. I will if I have to, though. <laughs> well, that's that's great. And, and you're getting a lot of traction with it. Um, and yeah, we, we should talk about the team a little bit. You mentioned AJ a couple times, um, AJ Fullerton, before I say any more, 
uh, was on episode 40 of this podcast. So for the listeners, if you want to go check that out, that came out on May 30th of 2020, which is, I guess, right about the time you guys started chatting about recording some of these songs. So uh, AJ, roots rock, blues artist, um, who's had a lot of success, and uh, he was the producer. Now he's the publicist. Mm-hmm. And also, and also, he's the record label with Getcha Records. Yes, yes, uh, I signed with his his record label, Getcha Records. It's a, it's been a pleasure. They're great to work with. It's one word, right? Like G I T C H A. Getcha. Mm-hmm. Getcha. Not like gotcha, but getcha. <laughs> Sounds yeah, Getcha Records. Um. So he's he's been a huge a huge part of the team and also played guitar on the record and sang some harmonies. Um yeah. and then and then Corey Stanton, um, who's been uh, who was on the radio in Colorado for a while, uh, and has been doing a bunch of stuff in the local scene, is your manager and booking agent, yeah? Yes, yes. And uh she actually we just did a photo shoot. She's a photographer as well, in case anyone didn't know. <laughs> she didn't know. Yeah, she's really great. And I just want to, I do want to go back to AJ too. Like if it weren't for him, I'd probably be sitting on the edge of my bed, twiddling my thumbs still. So Mm. I, uh, I owe him a lot for what he's done, all the work he's put into it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's out there now and, uh, and you've got a good team behind you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just weird how it's, it's all like really fallen into place. Uh, yeah. Lauren Dorland, uh, she engineered it and mixed it. And then we mastered over at air show with Anna Frick. Um, and it's been really neat too. Like just there being a lot more women involved in this process than I was expecting. Um, we were supposed to have John Macy as our engineer, but when we went to record, he was stuck down in Texas in the ice storms. I don't know if you remember that Yeah. last year. And so uh, it was meant to be that Lauren was our engineer and she was uh, a huge part of why we were able to get seven songs tracked in one day. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I guess, I guess you were right to us to, assume that it was going to be a bunch of dudes because the music industry in general is, um, a bunch of dudes, but that's, but that's changing, right? There's more and more, um, there's more and more ladies in the industry and, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving it. I love both. You know, it's, it's fun. It's just, so it's been, I've learned so much and how much work actually goes into making a good record. Um, so it makes sense why you would charge $20 for a CD or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is, is there a takeaway that you have of something that you would like to do differently um, based on based on the experience of everything you've done with this record? Something you would like to do differently next time around? Hmm. I don't know. I mean... I think ah, it's so hard because this has been such a, everything is open, doors have opened and everything's fallen into place. And I'm like, what would I do differently? I mean, I'm not married to one sound. Um, I'd be interested in making a record that like maybe pushes it a little bit, pushes the envelope of like genres maybe. Um, But I don't know. 
I'm just excited to explore, you know, and, and yeah. I'm already ready for the next, uh, the next album. I don't know if anyone's ever talked about it, but like by the time an artist has an album coming out, we're all sick of it and ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you feel that way. You're ready for the next, uh, the next thing. Yeah, I'm already, I've got enough material for the next, the next album. And, you know, it's like, if I, I play out solo pretty much all the time when I do play and I'm like, do I have to play that song? <laughs> I suppose I should play that song. Yeah. And I know like, it's not all, it's not all about me. Um, but when I wrote it, it was all about me. <laughs> and so yeah. it's, uh, you know, I'm excited to get to share it with everybody when it finally comes out. Um, it's been a, it's been a, it's been, yeah, I don't know that I could have asked for a better, better first record. How do you write, um, the, the, the ones for this record and the ones for the next record? Um, do you, is that something where you paint over lyrics for months at a time or, um, co-write, solo write? What's your process? Um, it's interesting. I don't do a lot of co-writing, although, AJ has helped me recently. Um, he helped me finish um, leaving again. He helped me finish that song. Um, but usually what I do is I'll, I'll get a melody in my head a lot of times. And usually that happens like when I'm driving or in the shower or something. I swear, I have figured out so many ways to solve the issue of world peace in the shower and literally as soon as i turn the water off my mind is just like erased <laughs> but yeah so I, I, a lot of times i'll get a melody or sometimes i'll be like man i haven't written a song in a while and i'll just sit down and start messing with chords and just depending on like what i'm going through in life sometimes i'll get like a phrase usually it's just like that one like key phrase and i feel like usually the first thing that comes out is typically the chorus um i don't know why although i have had a hard time with my songs distinguishing between like oh which what is that gonna be the chorus okay sure um but yeah and then just like a, a melody will come and you know i've written i think i wrote leaping again i I just started that song, the the album title. I just started it like, I don't know if it was like the day before or two days before I went to meet up with AJ to, to kind of work on a demo to send to the band. And uh, I was like, hey, kind of, hmm. this, it, it was the last one we added to the, the album. Um, but I was like, hey, I'm kind of messing around with this song. I started it. I want to know what you think. And so I just sat there in his kitchen and played played most of it what I had and he was like oh we need to finish that song right now <laughs> so uh, I think we had it written in like 15 minutes wow yeah it's awesome when that happens <laughs> yeah right right it doesn't happen to me very often but <laughs> uh, yeah how, do you write a similar way yeah, yeah, and sometimes it, it does come out rather quick, but I feel like um, a lot of times too, it's just sitting there and m marinating for a while and trying out lines. But it was interesting what you said about AJ coming in and hearing a song, being okay, that's really close. Let's finish at that. I feel like oftentimes I'll get a song most of the way there and call a friend and say, okay, 
something's missing and they'll be able to jump in and say, oh, yeah, well, that's because the third line of the chorus is stupid. Do that instead. And then whatever it is, it just lines up. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's it. I've been chasing my tail around and it was right in front of me. I know. You need fresh eyes and fresh ears a lot of times. Yeah. 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 What is goals moving forward in terms of your performance career? Is there somebody that you want to open for? Is there a a tour route that you want to do? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone and all over. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to do like um, East Coast, West Coast. I mean, I'd love to go back to the South and set some stuff up. Um, I mean, as far as opening, shoot. I mean, are we dreaming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to open for Brandy Carlisle sometime. Um Grace Potter, Gregory Allen, Isaacov. <laughs> I'd love to open for I mean, you know, anyone yeah. really. Any anyone, but if we're dreaming we're gonna do we're gonna go there and uh, I'll say how about Red Rocks? And <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to play play more. So uh, this the April 29th will actually be the first time that I've played live with a full band. Okay. I had a, a right when I first I kind of took a hiatus from playing music, and when I started back again, I, there were a few friends that I had kind of pieced together, and we were playing, but that didn't last very long. And then from there, I would just like do solo things and have like a guitar player supporting me. Um, so yeah, when we recorded in the studio, it was the first time I'd ever played with a drummer. Mm. And that was a uh, force is, is amazing. But I was like, Whoa, <laughs> my mind was like blown. I was like, ah, I get it. This is what they mean by like the energy on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there any plans to tour in the near future, either solo or, or with a band? Um, I, we're working on that currently. Setting up like I know a lot of people have already released their stuff, but like spring summer tours. Yeah, I love I'd, I'd love to open. Um, and I we all everyone they kind of make fun of me because I get up really early in the morning. Like I think this morning I woke up at like four forty five before my alarm went off at wow. five fifteen. Um, and I like to go to bed early. So I always say like, Oh, the opener's the best gig. You can play first and then you get to hang for a little bit and then boom, get my eight to nine hours of sleep and start over the next day. But, uh, I've been told I'm going to have to adjust that a little bit for headlining, but yeah. Um, (laughs) if you know of anyone that's looking for an opener, let us know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's you just put it out in the world. Anybody listening? Yeah. Yeah. Boom, there it is. And of course there's there's links to listen uh to your music in the show notes. And, you know, folks go check that out and um and uh call up Sweet Virginia and do a show together. Yeah, um, I'd love to. So I I wanted to talk about uh lyrics on end of the rainbow because i i think my favorite lyric and i actually need help with one word because i couldn't make it out but i there's this is my favorite lyric on the album i think was we're at the end of our rainbow our colors all spent the years and the days not sure where they went looking back on our rainbow this journey of we this journey of we at the end of your rainbow that's where i'll be i love that 
um, in the the repetitive rainbow and the vi- and the imagery there. I I, I love it. So um, I wanted to read that one because uh, I think that was my favorite favorite lyric on the album. It's a great great lyric. End of the rainbow. Where when did that song happen? Oh, there's a couple of places I'll draw that from, but um, I was sitting in my backyard. Uh, I don't know. Well, so I'm divorced, but I was sitting next to my husband and at the time, and I remember like we lived, we had this beautiful piece of property um, in Bellevue, and we see a lot of rainbows out there. And I remember sitting in the backyard, like watching the sunset, thinking, you know, like we see, you see rainbows, but like we always talk about the pot of gold, and that somewhere the, the rain there has to be the rainbows in. Um, and I thought like. I wonder if like where I'm sitting right now is the end of a rainbow somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and, but then I thought, Oh, I'm sitting here. Like, is this what the pot of gold is that caring relationship? Yeah. Um, and then also when I actually started uh, putting pen to paper and playing, getting the chords out, uh, I had a had a female musician friend, and I feel like she was man. She was always she's writing a new song every time I talked to her. She had a new song. I was like, damn, I haven't written anything new in a while. So it was a little bit of like, I'm gonna write a song, um, and I also wanted to do it from the position of like a song that I feel like maybe Patsy Cline would sing if she were alive. Yeah song there we are <laughs> i think you did it i think you did it <laughs> that's actually one of my favorites on the record yeah yeah it's a great song um so leaving again i will say again um releases april 29th and the show is at the swing station in laporte colorado it's a honky tonk dave minor will be opening the show what else do we need to know about it uh, you can pre-order tickets uh, on the website, uh, Sweet Virginia Dash or hyphen whichever you will music.com. And uh, yeah, we're gonna pre-sale uh, tickets, and then you can pre-order uh, CDs if you want. We don't, we haven't pressed vinyl yet, so I don't know. Like a lot of people don't have CD players, but we'll have uh, other merch there too. Um, but something to sign, I guess, would be nice. <laughs> Are you going to press vinyl eventually? You know, we've talked about it. I hope to. It's a, I didn't realize what a, what an expensive and uh, toiling, I don't even know. Like it's good that it's kind of difficult to actually press vinyl and it, it is pricey. But um, I was thinking, I was, I was kind of toying with the idea of like, what if, can you hear me still? Yes. Okay. Um, toying with the idea of like, what if we did like pre-orders and if we got enough pre-orders, then we'd press just to know, like, that's what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I love vinyl. So let me know if you do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I do too. So I, I hope to got to talk to AJ. I will. I'll give him, I'll, I'll talk to the head to get your records. I'll send an angry letter. The CEO. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, and 
uh, the, all, all the info links and stuff is in the show notes for the listeners. Um, again, when this episode comes out, um, it will be close to March 18th. And that's when Hallelujah Michael, the newest singles coming out. Blue Skies is out now on all streaming platforms. It's been out since February 18th. And the full album, Leaving Again, is out on April 29th. So check it yeah. out. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, stay on the line with me for just a second. But in front of our audience, I thank you again for taking the time. Thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. Episode 96 is in the books. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks so much for listening.